Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. special place for both Becky and I. There's a scripture that we have reduced to just marriage, and what that scripture is, that what God has joined together, let not man put asunder. We've, we've reduced that to just a marriage, and it is true in a marriage, but it, it's bigger than that. And there are certain people that you meet, and you're joined, and it's a real godly thing. And uh, I've always felt that about Pastor Art and Maria, and then the church here that there's a, a joining, and it's something that is divine. It is something that God, in His wisdom, in His way, uh, doing something that we have no idea. We, we, we don't know what He's doing because He's God, and it's very big, but in the joining of relationships. Uh, be aware of that because it really means uh, something for your own life personally, and for the kingdom of God is that he joins. It's like your human body. Your body is joined and compactly fit together. Uh, my elbow is joined properly. It, it wouldn't work really well if my elbow was joined to my knee and my knee up here. It, I would just really look just, just kind of weird. And, and uh, sometimes, sad to say, is that churches try to join things by human effort, and then you just get some Frankensteins walking around, and it just got bolts out of their neck and so on. So this church is not built that way. Praise God, this is not the chapel of Frankenstein. Amen. All right, turn to the Gospel of John, would you, with me? Uh, I want to help in the process of what the Lord is doing within the body, within this particular assembly, and within this city. Your church is not just a local church. Uh, there are great churches, so on. I'm not saying that one is better than the other, but the calling and destiny upon assemblies is different. They vary from one to another. This church has a quality that's being developed that is affecting a city. Um, it... it it is dealing with issues within a city. You and I may not even know that. We're just coming along. You know, we're trying to survive in a way and, and love God and so on. But the Lord wants to affect a city. And so Las Vegas is being affected by you, by you gathering, by what you do uh, in, in everything you do from church services to fellowships to meals to every, every part of your activity is uh, spiritual and it's affecting the spiritual climate of the community that you and I live in. When that begins to happen, uh, you, you're affected spiritually and many times you're wondering, why am I going through this and what, what is happening in my life? I don't understand this. It's because you're, you're entering into a realm that is disturbing and displacing spirits that have controlled communities. 
And so this is very vital to understand. And so I want to look in John chapter 13, and uh, Jesus is wrapping up his public ministry. He knows what's going to happen, and then after what happens, he raises from the dead, and he ascends into heaven. Jesus physically, we know where he's at, right? Where? Right hand of the Father. When I want to know where Jesus is physically, okay, physical body. Now, he's had a resurrected body. He is at the right hand of the Father, and he makes intercession. He lives to make intercession for you and I. So don't think that God is off somewhere doing whatever. He is vitally involved in the process of what God is doing in your life. So before Jesus accomplished the work that the Father gave him to do on earth, he had this final meal with the disciples. I want to pick up a little bit of it. Uh, we're at such a great advantage, folks. We sit here 2,000 years later. Uh, we have been baptized in the Holy Ghost. These disciples are not even born again yet. They have not. They have just simply hung with Jesus physically for three years. They've seen him do what he does. They've heard things from him. They're amazed with him. They love him. And they think that things are going to become great. And they have not been baptized in the Holy Ghost. They have not been born again. And so Jesus is speaking to them words that I would say a lot of it is just flying over their heads. Uh, we're at such an advantage because we have had 2,000 years of revelation. There's no letters of Paul written. There's nothing of the book of Acts. These men have simply been following Jesus, and then he begins to speak to them about what is going to be accomplished. So in John chapter 13, uh, even beginning there in verse 32, he says, little children. Now, <laughs> that, that right away just kind of blows my mind. Uh, and uh, bear, I'm, I'm going to try to get through this uh, quickly, but yet at the same time, uh, it's necessary for uh, us to highlight certain things. So he calls them little children. When, when's the last time, Pastor, you had men around and said, okay, little children? <laughs> they, they just kind of blow you away. You know, these are men. These are young men. They're not old. They're not, you know, like what you see in paintings in The Last Supper. That Just burn that up. That ain't even near the truth. The, the, some of you got some teenagers in here. They're businessmen. They're, they're probably in their, uh, maybe the oldest is in his 30s. I don't know. Maybe even less than that. They're young men. They're zealots. They're, they love to rumble. Okay, so he calls them little children. That right there, they're probably offended right off the bat. Little children. Great, Jesus. You're right. We're little children. Yeah, okay. So he says, little children. I shall be with you a little while longer. You'll seek me, and as I said to the Jews, where I'm going, you cannot come. So now I say to you, now, they, now if you're following somebody for three years, and you love them, and now they're saying you can't come, you're disturbed by that. True? So... He goes on, he says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I've loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Peter wants to know. And Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, 
if you have your Bible. You got your Bibles? You should, you should not only listen to it, you should read it. You should see it. I want your eyes to see this and to hear at the same time. And the screen's great, but you need, to, you need to have it in your Bible so you can mark it, so you can see it, so you know I'm not lying to you. Right? Thank you. Thank you. Because this is very important. Jesus is telling Peter... Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow me afterward. So, where's he going? That's what Peter wanted to know. Peter, after Jesus says that, says to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? Have you ever told your kids you can't go with me and they keep saying, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go. Why can't I go? I think that's why he called them little children. Peter's acting like a little kid here. I said you can't go. Why not? Why not? I want to go. I want to go. Where I'm going now, you can't come. No, I, I want to go. I want to go. Let me go. No. Then Peter, he says, look, Lord, wherever you're going, I'm going to go. And if it means I've got to die, then so be it. I'll die with you. This guy is... Has anybody asked and told you that recently? Hey, wherever you go, I'm going to die. I'll die. If you're going to death, I'll die. I'll, I'll follow you. I had a guy one time years ago say, you know, Pastor, this, he came to the church one time. He came to me, Pastor, this is the greatest church I've ever been in. And I knew where he was headed, and, and before he could say it, I just stopped him. I said, don't say that. He said, how do you know? What? You're going to tell me you're committed and you're going to be here for the rest of your life, right? He said, well, well yeah. I said, you, you're not going to do that. And apparently I prophesied it because I never saw him again. <laughs> I, I guess I, I should have said, you know, people say, I'm with you, brother. Praise God to death do his part. And you never see him again. Well, Peter's serious about this. He is saying, Lord, if, you, if you're going to die, I'm with you. That is commitment. This ain't, this ain't no, he ain't just blowing smoke, folks. And Jesus responds to it. Listen to what he says. He says, Jesus says, verse 38, will you lay down your life for me? I think he's impressed. I think Jesus is taken back by this. He's not really rebuking uh, Jesus in a sense. He's just saying, Peter, you, you, you got some moxie, boy. You really are going to lay down your life for me? And then he adds, but he says, but I'm going to tell you something. Before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. Because Jesus told them, where I am going, you cannot come now. So how many times I have tried to do something for God out of my love, but I couldn't do it. I failed in the process. And it makes you feel horrible. We understand, Peter, we know what happened to the man. He doesn't know. We know he did deny the Lord, and the Bible says he went out and wept bitter tears because he failed to do what he said to Jesus. Then the next verse, watch, Jesus says to Peter, you're going to deny me three times, but then he says, don't let your heart be troubled. Wow, this is the most amazing conversation. I, I, here's a guy going to... I'll follow you till the ends of the earth. And then you know, no, you're going to blow it before the, the sun comes up. 
but don't let your heart be troubled. I would have said, I would have said, Peter, you're just going to be a loser, and you're always a loser, and it doesn't matter. You're just a loser. But don't worry about it. <laughs> Do you catch this? I mean, Jesus is remarkable. I just love him. I just, have you failed? Just go ahead. How many here have ever failed? How many have, uh, <laughs> raise your both hands and a foot. Uh, and, you know, I mean, you really, you were committed. You came to the altar. You promised pastor. Pastor, I'm going to give 10% of my money for the rest of my life. And you gave a dollar and that has been it. You just, you just couldn't, you just, you just didn't have the, the, the moxie. You didn't have the uh, fight. You did you man, I want to fight. And you failed in the fight. You know, I criticize people, you know, and they run away when they see somebody getting beat up. And I say to myself, oh, when I was there, boy, I'd jump right in the middle of that fight. I wouldn't let them do that to that person. I'm flattering myself. I'd be leading the pack, running away. I would hide out. We have this, this idea that we're just, man. But Jesus says, all right, you blew it, you sinned, you failed. Don't let your heart be troubled. Some, we have difficulty here, folks, because we don't know really where he went. When he says, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now. So where was he going? Can you answer that? Where was he going? That I could not follow him now, but afterward, I'll follow him. So where was he going? Think about it and give me an answer while I get a drink. Where, where was he going, folks? Come on. Who said that? All right, brother, you're the man. You are the man. That's what he said. Well, we read that and we just go along and never ask the question. Where was he going? To his father. Correct. Now, where are you going? See, where are Well, my God, I, I was going to go to, to, let's see. See, I think we're going to go eat after church and then uh, go to work tomorrow. And, uh, you know, we're, we're asking Jesus all the time, where are we going, Lord? Where are we going? Where are we going? You know, I can see. How many times do I got to tell you? I showed you where I was going. Where are you going? Where's our church going? Where's, where's life going? My God, where were, where's America? Look who's in the White House. Where are we headed? And we panic and we flip out and we run for cover and our hearts are troubled because we really don't know where we're going. But we should not only know where we're going, but understand it be in it, live in it. So if he was going to the Father, and afterward, he said, you will also go where I am going. You and I are going to the Father. Hallelujah. There you go. Praise the Lord. But I'll, I'm going to add something to it. 
because this blew my, me away. When, when little children, I said, yeah, Lord, I am a child because I really don't understand this thing. This is so fantastic. This is so far beyond. I have a difficult time understanding it. And this is why the Lord said, okay, first of all, don't let your heart be troubled. So then what am I going to do? Believe in God and believe in me. Believe in God. Okay, God, I believe you, and I believe in Jesus. I believe what He did. What did He do? Now, we understand. I don't have time. It would be a great series to do of the whole process that Jesus went through. Went to Gethsemane. He went and died on the cross. He had to go through all of that. He had to die. He had to take that last Adam and die. The uh, wages of sin is death. Uh, He was going to fulfill the law. The law said he who sins must die. So he put all of humanity within himself. He became sin and he died. But that wasn't the end. He rose then from the dead. And when he rose from the dead, he came with a resurrected body. Amen. He came and he appeared to those men. He said, come, touch me. Hey, do you have something to eat? I'm hungry. And he ate and they were touching him. They must have just staring at him. He was not the same guy that just said that in John chapter 13. In John chapter 20, when he rose from the dead, they just stood and stared and they were, what? I don't know what is going on. He said, I'm not a ghost. I'm not somebody just floating around. I am Jesus who have risen from the dead. Then he ascended into heaven. He is sitting at the right hand of the Father in a, as a man, as a human being in a new created body so that you and I, as a man or woman, a human being, can go to the Father. Where are you seated today? Where are you? Where are you? Well, I'm in Las Vegas. My God, what's wrong with you, man? Where? No, no, no. Where are you? You? I don't know. I don't care about Las Vegas. You shouldn't worry about Las Vegas. You shouldn't worry about America. Your heart should not be troubled because you don't sit there. You sit somewhere else. And God wants an answer. When Adam sinned, God didn't come in that garden and grab him and shake him and beat him. He came and he said, Adam, where are you? What you doing, Adam? Where are you? Did you mean Jesus or God didn't know where he was at? Was it hide and go seek and God really didn't know? Was that it? No, we, folks, we understand that. It wasn't, God, where was he? Hey, hey, Gabriel, have you seen Adam lately? Where is he? Man, alive, I haven't seen him. He wasn't at the place he should have been. But Adam didn't know. God wanted Adam to know where he was, and that is why he asked the question, where are you? So we tell God, if you're on it, you tell him where you are. Well, I'm in the pits. I'm this or that, and something's happening in my life. And he wants you to tell. He wants to know what you think about where you are at. It's very critical, folks. You can't lie to him. Don't go, I'm a man of God. Hey, praise the Lord Jesus. No, I'm defeated. The devil's ripping me apart. I'm losing my mind, and I think my, I don't know, I I think I'm flat-footed, and I've dislocated this and that, and I don't think anybody in church loves me. And I know Pastor don't, the way he looks at me when he preaches. I know that he doesn't love me. (laughs) Amen. That's where I'm at, Lord. Really, that's where I'm at. 
that kind of honesty, we think God's going to get upset and walk away because that's the way the world treats us. We're very dishonest with ourselves because we think that the world will reject me if I'm really, truly honest, so we sew up fig leaves. We put together things to protect us. And God comes in and He says, where are you? All through worship today, and Pastor, you know, Maria begins to talk about our feelings. What did you do? Did you agree with her? No, I'm not. Maybe you're not there. That's fine. You don't have to. I'm not saying, well, lie. You know, well, I've really got bad feeling when you really feel good. Don't. <laughs> We're just such liars, folks. <laughs> All right. Now, saying that, being honest, because it, it's important. Look what Jesus says here to these guys. He says, don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. That's why, he, that, that's why he, they couldn't follow him. He had to go do what he did to prepare the place. You know, it's like when God created this earth. Did you notice in, in Genesis he created everything and then he put man in it? He didn't start with man. Why? How, if he created man and there ain't no air to breathe, he, he, oh man, oxygen, I need to get some oxygen. He created everything you need. He went and prepared, he's prepared that place. So watch what he says. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Thank you is right. So I'm honest with the Lord. I'm, I'm being honest. God, that's where I am. He comes where you're at. That's why to think i got to clean my act up before God accepts me, that's bad doctrine. That's religion. Religion is a killer. You can't do that. Well, you're going you're gonna to what? Clean yourself up? How can mud clean mud up? How can death bring life? So Jesus comes where you're at. Wherever you're at today, He's there. And what he wants to do is take you from there to where he is. Amen. So you resisting God and fighting him because you're trying to clean up your act is keeping him from taking you to where he's at. And where he is at is with the Father. He wants to take you to the Father. Now I want to add to this real quickly, folks. Because you are already with the Father. Don't get in a works trip now. Don't, okay, what do I got to do to get to the Father? Okay, all right, let's go. You're already there. Amen. Some of you got, at least I get a head going bobbing. But I want to get it from the head to the reality of it. Believe. Okay, I'm with the Father. I'm with the Father. I'm with the Father. 
but I don't see much. That's, that's true. I don't hear much. That's true. But you basically have to start with the fact you are already in heavenly places. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm already home, and I'm already with the Father. Now, I might not see Him nor hear Him, but I'm with Him. And what has to happen is i got to get on the right frequency. He's talking, but I can't hear him. It's a, Becky and I ate at IHOP, and uh, we went there, and I'm with Becky, and uh, there was one other family with us, and the n- music was blaring, and the music they were playing was bad. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was just like, I'm trying to eat my pancakes, and I can't, I can't eat well, I can't, Becky's saying so, all I see is her lips moving, and I have no idea what's going on, and, and so what, I had, to, I had to say, hey, the waitress said, can you turn the music down? And, and, and she did, she, she went and the cook came out, he was the one, and he's, he's looking at me, you know, and he's waiting for me to have the signal because he turned that music down, I don't want to hear the music, I needed to hear Becky, I don't need to hear, ding, 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 ding. And so what the devil does in the world we live, folks, it's too noisy. We're on the wrong frequency. So you're already with the Father. He's already there. He is doing and moving and speaking, but I can't hear him because I'm on the wrong frequency. So whatever frequency you're on, when you walk in strife, you fight with everybody. You ain't going to hear God. Mm Mm-hmm. When you're jealous, you're just jealous, ain't you? Just jealous. Man, why has he got that? Man, You can do that in the Father's house, but you ain't hearing them, and you ain't seeing them. And if you can't hear the Father and you can't see the Father, then you're destined your future. You're going to miss it by a million miles because all you're doing is on a frequency. Get off that channel, folks. Come on. The Bible says where there's envy, strife, and division, God cannot speak to you as men and women. He has to talk to you like a baby. This little baby here, that is the most adorable baby. But that baby, he doesn't care at all what I'm saying. I can tell that baby, you are so pretty. You are so pretty. Look at that baby. And see how I'm talking? See how I have to lower myself to talk to that baby? Well, how do you think God, God, I'm tired of God just coming, oh, you're just a little cute little thing. (laughs) No, I want to talk to the Father, and the Father wants to talk to me, because when the Father starts talking to you, He will talk to you about the kingdom business. Because He wants you to run the business. (laughs) How's He talking to you? You sweetie. It's like the, 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 the discipleship that they're doing and all that. You know, here I've been saved for 55 years, and I act like, little baby, little baby. Isn't it time that I have to learn to turn and change frequencies, folks? Because I'm already with Him. I'm already in the Father's house, the place that He has prepared. Have you seen the place that he's prepared for you. We just throw this so far in the future, the rapture and so on. Yes, the rapture will happen. But folks, you can catch a worship. You can be anywhere. You worship him in spirit and truth. Jesus said that it's not at a mountain. It's not in a building. Those days are over. 
You don't need some temple built. You don't need some special place or some kind of weird-looking place or hymn and songs or whatever. You can just set any place in spirit and truth. You can let him take you and begin to reveal to you the things that he has prepared for you. On top of it, he's given you the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost is there to show you what he has prepared for you. Becky talked about speaking in tongues. When you begin to speak in tongues, uh, it is like you allow the Holy Spirit to begin to paint pictures uh, of the things that he has prepared for you that your eye has not seen or ear has heard. Folks, we sit here in the Father's house. We sit in the Father's house and in my special place, uh, but we are blind to it. We are deaf to it because we're on the wrong frequency. We, we listen and we watch a cable news too much. Uh, I don't really care that much about the White House. I don't care so much about the stock market because that does not define me. That does not give me my destiny. It is not my provision. It is my Father and what He has all already done for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the Lord goes on. He says, where I go, you know, and the way you know. Jesus said he is the way, the truth, and the life. And he goes down, and I'll just begin to end with this, folks, in verse 19, same chapter. He says, a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live. You will live also. At that day, at that day, do you see that? Verse 20, that's another three words you should circle. At that day. When Jesus spoke that to these men, it was not that day yet. He was saying about a day that's coming. He says, at that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. What day? What day was that? When he rose from the dead, it changed the world. This world is not the same. The day he rose from the dead, you and I live in that day. Oh, I believe that. I have to get up in the morning and look in the mirror just like you do. Sometimes you look out and say, my God, that is not me. And I have to go and remind myself, but I'm in a different day. And that day I'm in, I know that I am in my Father, and I am in Jesus, and I in you. There is a communion. There is a oneness that you have with the Father. And he says, in that day, that's the day you and I live in. He goes on. He says, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. He's talking about this. He's talking about this word. He's talking about the word you receive. You hear it in preaching. You hear it in the prophetic. You hear it constant. God is speaking. That's why it costs me too much if I end up in strife.
you can't fight with me, folks. You can come call me all kinds of names. No, that day's over, man. I don't fight with anybody. Not that way. Because I need to hear the Father's word. Husbands and wives, you fighting at home, you better stop that. Oh, I can't. You're lying now. You lying. You lying. Might as well admit it. I'm lying. I can stop at any moment. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You mean you can't do it? You have a brand new nature? You're sitting with the Father and you say you can't? You lying. You better stop that fighting. Got family members you fighting? You better stop it. The more you fight, the deaf you get. Deafer, if that's a word. The more deafer you get. I just invented a word. The more deafer you get. I'm getting deafer. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> you getting deafer? It's because you're fighting. Amen. See, he's after something right now. And some of you getting nervous because you're afraid about what I'm going into next. Well, I'm just right. I'll prove it. Yeah. You go ahead and prove it. You're dead as a doornail. You can't hear God. You can't see what he's got prepared. And that's why you're just, you're really miserable. You're just mad at the world. But if you could get a little bit of revelation, and revelation is nothing more than awareness. If you could just see just, just a touch of what the Lord has for you and where you're sitting today, all fear is gone. That troubled heart is gone. That's why Judas, he says, he says Lord, how are you going to do this? I don't understand. How are you going to manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus said, if you'll keep my word, I gave you my word. If you'll keep that through that word, I will manifest. I will bring the word into your world of the flesh, into the society. That's why, folks, this city needs to be changed. And the only way the city is changed is not by the law. It's not by demonstrations. It's not by throwing eggs and getting mad at people and do this and do that. No, no, no. The only way is that the word of God is held on to and spoken by you and I. As you speak that word, there's been countless numbers of times. I would look at our family. I got six kids when they were all living at home and they drink milk and they eat food and they don't believe in fasting. And I had no money to buy food for them. I would have to speak. But God, you have said, God is able to provide. God is able to abundantly provide. I would speak the word of God. I would speak the word of God over situations. That's why when pastor preaches, uh, when he speaks the word and you believe that word, what happens? It's manifest. It begins to do the work that it's supposed to do. As I have been speaking the word and you've been receiving, yes, I don't sit in poverty. I don't sit in fear. I am with the Father. That word begins to manifest. It begins to bring reality. Oh, this is where I am. This is who I am. I don't need to fear situations or people. This is the place I'm at. And the word of God begins to manifest. And then the Lord goes on. He said, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom, teach, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said. Peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. There he says it again. 
because God gives us peace. The world gives peace a certain way. That's what people look for around, peace. So they try to find peace in a bottle or a drug or some kind of relationship or gambling or whatever. They try to find peace through a television program. They try to find peace in a human relationship. That's not how he, he said, I'll give you peace. How? When I hold on to this word and I take a day, deep breath and I begin to believe, oh, oh man, I'm seated in heavenly places. I'm far above, far above all this principality and power business. I'm far above the devil. For the devil to fight me, he's got to get a big old long ladder and try to re. He's swinging up like this. He's under my feet. Amen. I stomp on the devil's head every morning. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. And all of a sudden, peace. Peace. Can I go one more step? Sure, Joe, go ahead. And then he says, verse 28, You've heard me say to you, I'm going away and coming back to you. If you love me, you'd rejoice because I said I'm going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it happens that when it does happen, you'll believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. Your battle, your fight, he is removing all the handles the devil can get a hold of. See, our weapon, folks, is peace. If the devil, he sizes you up, and he wants to know how you react. And if he, if he, if he learns... What can get to you? You know what I mean by that? If he can get into your head, if he knows, well, I'll just, I'll just make the traffic real bad, and you just explode in anger and get mad, then he'll have traffic jams for the rest of your life. Because he knows if he can keep you mad, then you won't hear the Father. So Jesus is saying, the ruler of this world's coming. Here he comes. Come on. Jesus is basically, he's giving, in a sense, the chance for the ruler of the world, folks. We're not talking about a ruler of a city. The ruler of the world is coming to Jesus. And Jesus has already beaten him when he said he has nothing in me. So the fire and the move of the Spirit, it begins to burn up the jealousies. It begins to burn up the envies. It begins to burn up the anger. If you get mad at little things, just ask the Lord, just got that anger. I don't know why I'm so mad. I just, I know it's an express line that's supposed to get through the supermarket, but I'm, I'm thinking it's the end of the world. <laughs> I, I know I, no one asked me to go to the party, but Lord, so why, why am I getting so mad? That's what he's after. He's going to burn that up. Because if you keep getting mad, if you don't get your own way, then the devil has a place. The devil, even though you're seated with the Father, the devil can get a place in you because you allow him. Neither give place to the devil. So he comes, and he sits there, and he steals, and he kills, and he blinds, and he robs. And the only one to blame is yourself because you let him come to dinner. You gave him a place at the table. But Jesus is saying, where I go, you'll go. So on the way to the Father... And I'm already there, but the process to be able to sit with the Father and listen to Him and let Him 
reveal to me what he has planned, not only for your personal life, for your kids, for the city, for your job, for every single thing. He has a plan and a purpose. And if I can hear him and listen to him, then I can walk in that plan. And that is exactly what he is doing. Hold on to his word. Hold on to the promises that God has made you. The Holy Spirit, as Becky said, talks about coming in this language. And as you speak in that language, you'll begin to remember what God has said. You'll begin to remember not just some kind of memory, but it'll have a power to believe and to hold on and to confess. This is going to happen. This is going to take place. Doesn't matter what I see. Doesn't matter what I feel. This is going to transpire. This time, honey, I want you to come. And the Lord has dealt with both Becky and I. We've been praying for this meeting. We've been praying for you guys. We know that this is such a beautiful time for you, and yet at the hard time, it's a difficult time. Understand going through what you have gone through, but God has had purpose and meaning in every single thing of it. And the Lord began to deal with Becky about the church, and and God gave her a word that I'd like her to share with us and really take it to heart, folks. Are you are you willing to really take this to heart? So we're not just preaching a sermon or something. God really has spoken to us and what I have said, getting you and realizing that, man, I'm not, I'm not under the weather. I'm not down in the dumps. I'm seated with Him. I'm loved by Him. Jesus did it all, and I'm in heavenly places with the Father. Now, Father, I want you to speak to me. Right, go ahead. Um, Art, Pastor Art, and Maria, I don't, she's out with kids or something. Can you get her, please? And um, I'd like for you guys to come and stand here. Because the Lord did speak to me the other day about the church. And he spoke to me, to me it was odd, out of a strange book, Ezekiel. Ezekiel's a weird book. You need to come up a little closer there, Hart. And yeah, I know you're waiting for for Maria. Um, because you know, like you said, we we really do deliberate and pray. Everyone has a calling and a gift, and what he's gifted us with is is what he's gifted us with. We didn't ask for it, but when we go somewhere, I mean, it's like the Lord. It's very sobering. It's very serious to me. The churches, the churches that we have an opportunity that the Lord, I feel like he's the one that called us to come and be able to. So, you know, I take it to heart and in a very serious way that what is God, what's the Lord doing and how does he want us to help? And how does he want us to facilitate that? So anyway, I was reading and the Lord spoke to me out of Ezekiel for you as leaders, pastors of the church and for the whole church. And he said, in Ezekiel, it's chapter 20, he said, on the day when I chose you, he's talking to Israel, but he he's talking right now specifically to you, all of you guys and you guys as pastors, 
on the day when I chose Israel, and listen to this, this just, man, really intrigued me, raised my hand in an oath. This is God saying he raised his hand in an oath. That's a promise. That's a covenant. And he, here he's talking, because he's talking to Israel, so you get the symbolism, to the descendants of the house of Jacob. Made myself known to them in the land of Egypt. I raised my hand in an oath to them, saying, I am the Lord your God. So God has raised his hand. This is very sobering to me. It's almost more than I can. It's like, oh, man, this is God Almighty the of the universe. He raised his hand in an oath to you and then in relation to all of you saying I'm the Lord your God on that day I raised my hand in an oath to them to bring them out of the land of Egypt into get this into a land that I searched out for them flowing with milk and honey the glory of all lands he says it two more, three more times, two more times in this chapter. Uh, verse 28, when I brought them into the land concerning which I had raised my hand in an oath to give them. That's as serious as it gets that God has promised and he's made an oath to bring you into this land and to give it to you. Verse 42 then you shall know that I am the Lord when I bring you into the land of Israel, into the country for which I raised my hand in an oath to give to you. Man, that is serious business. I mean, it was exciting to me that God, in the day that he called you, he spoke to you, Las Vegas, right? I don't know a lot about that. We talked about a lot of stuff <laughs> in your history. But we, we didn't really talk about, well, how did God call you? And, you know, how did that happen? But he said, I searched the land out for you. I searched it out, and I raised my hand in an oath. You know how in uh, is it Hebrews he says, because he could swear by no one greater. There is nobody greater than God. <laughs> he swore by himself. That's the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. That trinity agreed. And so he raised his hand when he called you and said, I've, I have searched out the land for you. I searched it out, and I raised my hand to pro in a promise to give it to you. Come hell or high water, which has all happened, right? There's been a lot of heaven and a lot of hell, too. And I want to, in a sense, I, I hope this is appropriate, but I want to, you're in a season of that. You know, we, we, we look at, or we read stories and we think they happened in a day. You know, we, you have to realize that things happen over some time. But... This, this is a new day for you and for this church. Man, this is a new day. It's a new season, and it's happened. It's already begun, right? 
I keep hearing that, man, God's doing this, and, and it's been hard the last couple of years. Well, it's been hard for the last, what, 21 that you've been here? It's not just the last couple of years, but that ha- you God has meticulously and methodically and deliberately brought you to this season and this day because he's taking you in. Now, in Joshua, I can't get these on. Joshua, you know, it took him a long time before they actually crossed over. But he says, um, you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. Isn't that excited? Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders. Well, we know that there was a, a process there, but... He, you've been sanctifying yourselves, particularly, I think, in the last couple of years because of all that you've come through. And the Lord brought you through that. That wasn't a mistake. You didn't miss God. It wasn't like you'd failed or you didn't. God brought you through for a purpose, the way that he's brought you, that he's brought this congregation And he says uh, in verse 10, by this you shall know that the living God is among you and that he will without fail drive out from before you your enemies. Without fail. Because he raised, God raised his right hand in an oath for you. There was no one greater to swear by, so he swore by himself. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have made an oath to bring you through into the land that he that he he has prepared that land is in his wisdom and his um, purposes you you'll have to let him show you all of that it may be the whole of las vegas i don't know or it's the peace where you are you haven't missed anything though and what I said about, I don't, I don't know that this, if it's inappropriate, you just have to say, you know, you need to not go there. But I feel like I want to pray with you in a sense to, to um, go back. You've talked about roots, right? And I feel like the Lord's saying, that's it. You said this year, the, the uh, vision or the kind of the word for the church is rooted So let's go back to the root. When you came, when God sent you, you didn't know where you'd be in 20 years. You know, none of us do. But he has never backed off of his promise. And he's done 21 years of working and preparing and the soil and um, digging and plowing and all and for all of that for now because you're crossing over you're crossing over I believe that this is a pivotal season not just a day but it's what you've been going through you're, it's changing I've talked to a couple of folks where, and what they're saying is like man it's something is stirring up and God's doing that in the timing that has been perfect. And I know you've been through it, man, and you have stood and stood and stood, and at times it's like, 
you're just exhausted maybe spiritually and that sword's clinging to your hand. You can't even put it down because it's stuck to you. But he is in a sense, I don't want to exactly say relaunching because it's not that. You're already, but it's like it is now the crossover moment for all of you and you as pastors. I believe you had a 20-year celebration. Was it last year? And so I, I, I don't want to take away from that. That's why I, you know, I'm be careful what I'm doing here. But I feel like now God wants us to agree together and to take the next big step. It wasn't right at 20 years. It's it's now. Does that make sense? Okay. So we want to pray and agree with you that that all that God's done, he's bringing to, um, all that he's done, he's bringing it all together. And I, I wouldn't, I don't want to add to what or try to interpret all that that means. I'm not going to say, well, you're going to see this and you're going to have that. Uh, it's not that. That's in a spiritual realm that, um, is is in the hands of God. I, I don't know. I don't know how these changes exactly are going to manifest, but I know that something's coming. And it can be on various levels. Some of it very seriously is this maturity stuff of growing up. We need to grow up, man. We don't have time to fool around anymore with the pettiness and the gossip and the strife and I don't like the way you do that and I don't like the way you painted the wall, you know, all this, all this dumb stuff that keeps us in the mud. There's, there's too much at stake to not grow up. That little baby, he is adorable, but she doesn't want him to, to never crawl or walk, right? I mean, as moms, we want to go back when they're babies and like, oh, it was so sweet. But I don't want my 45-year-old son to be crawling around on the floor anymore because he was so cute when he was six months old. God wants us to grow up, and he's very serious about it. And I think as a congregation, if we can agree together, that we're going to take it serious. We're going to put it behind us. We're done with fooling around, and we're really going to obey the Lord you know, he says, I love you, but my promises are connected to obedience. They're, he doesn't just dump them on us because he, because he does love us. But his promises are still connected to obedience. I know you guys have obeyed God. Every time God's spoken to you, you've listened as hard as you can. You're looking as hard as you can. And you haven't missed a step. You haven't missed a lick. So I like to pray because at the same time, we'll see how this goes. But I feel like the Lord wants us as a congregation to address the, um, the spiritual powers that have put themselves in place over this area, that they put themselves there and they have no right to be there. And we're going to speak to them to remove them and cast them down and place Jesus in the highest place over the city. Over the city.